Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark as we delve into chapter 3, verses 20 through 27. At this point in Jesus' Galilean ministry, he returns home, and from all earthly perspectives, he is in trouble. He has enraged the hypocritical religious leaders of his time, and they're looking to kill him. The crowds are as great as they have ever been, which just irritates them even more. They accuse him of doing miracles by the power of Satan. And Jesus' own earthly family recognize how much trouble he's in, and they come to try to get through the crowds and gather him away to safety and put a stop to this nonsense. But it wasn't nonsense. Jesus really did speak with the authority of God, because he really was God. And Jesus wasn't in trouble. As the Son of God, he was in control of everything, even using the wicked intentions of those who set themselves against him as his enemies, and things were progressing exactly as he designed them to. We may forget that this is exactly the same situation today. As we watch the world around us succumb to darkness and hate us more and more, Jesus is still in control and has things exactly where he wants them. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, What Do You Think of Jesus? Now, come with me. Uh, Mark chapter 3 is still our venue, and we are continuing to look at that period of time in Jesus' life, which is referred to by gospel commentators as the Great Galilean Ministry. Great because the influence was huge. Great because it was the longest segment of time that Jesus was mainly in one place, that being in Galilee, about a year and a half. And during that time, it is said that Jesus essentially banished disease and demons from Galilee. Now today, Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 27 And remember, as we've worked our way through this, that now Jesus has gone public with the appointment of the twelve apostles. He has many following him. He's had the the smaller group that are his disciples, and from among his disciples he has now named those twelve. Later that day, after he named the twelve, he preached the Sermon on the Mount. The miracles have continued to flow. No one had ever seen anything like what was going on, but not too long after that, we arrive at a turning point. Our passage for today brings us to Mark's account of a specific day when the leaders of the Jews, the Pharisees and their scribes, took their rejection of Jesus to the fullest extent. This was the day when they didn't only gather in secret and talk about how they were going to try to trick him and get him to contradict himself. They not only met in secret to figure out how they were going to get him arrested and and killed, 
Now they not only in secret talked about all the things they didn't like with him, now they go full-blown public with saying he is satanic. It was a a turning point in Jesus' ministry. And as we move along, I'll be showing you uh, as we develop in Mark how he actually changed the emphasis of things after this day that we come to today. Now we're going to need two visits to deal with this whole section. It's chapter 3, verse 20 through verse 33. But today, I want to describe the situation to you and develop who was involved in this setting. And then next week, Lord willing, we will deal with a significant theological issue that is framed by the words of Jesus in response to what we're going to see today. Now understand, nothing has changed in this sense. Jesus is spectacularly popular when we come to this passage. People were seeking him in untold, unprecedented numbers. We've been told about the time when at, at Andrew and Peter's house that they, um, the, the crowd wouldn't even let the guys that were bringing their, their paralyzed friend in the door, and they went up on the roof and you know, dug a hole and lowered Jesus down. We've been told of um, the, the, the period of time when Jesus had to actually postpone his plan to visit all the towns and synagogues around Galilee because the one guy that he told not to say anything went out and stirred up a whole bunch of fervor for the wrong reasons and Jesus couldn't even go near the, the, the towns for a while so he stayed in the countryside. We've seen him slip out of the town of Capernaum and go down to the shore of the Sea of Galilee so that he could at least get in a boat a few feet off the shore and be able to talk to, uh, to more people. And it, it gets so intense that by the time we get to our passage for this morning, Jesus and his men were having trouble even being able to eat a meal in peace and quiet. Now, I want to show you something that will enhance what Mark says to us today. God gave us four records of the gospel. We always want to harmonize those things. And I I want to point out to you something that Matthew included that happened immediately before what we're going to study today. So here's Matthew's setup for today. It's in Matthew chapter 12, and it's Matthew 12, uh, starting at verse 22. He says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. Now, in this case, uh, the healing isn't the focus of the passage. We've studied plenty of of miracles of healing and uh, deliverance from uh, demonic activity. And Matthew gives you one of those non-specific time references when he says then, but we know that that took place Uh, after the Sermon on the Mount and right before what what we're going to see this morning in Mark. What's significant is that this was a miracle that in a matter of a few seconds showed yet again that Jesus has power both over the world of demons, that means He's superior to demons, that in essence means He is God, And he has power over physical disease, which basically means he has the power to create. You put those together, what you have here is another of an endless string of evidences that Jesus is God in human flesh. Remember, Mark began his gospel saying, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
So he's showing that he is the Son of God, God the Son in human flesh. Now the reaction to the people when they saw that miracle was what you would expect by this time, only they actually took it to a new level. Matthew 12, 23 said, All the crowds, that means there was lots of people. I mean, a crowd is a lot, and when you say crowds, plural, that must be a lot of a lot of people around. And Jesus did this in the open, he obviously to, to make a point. And as we work our way through this, you know that he did it for everyone to see, but I think you'll also agree that he did this specifically with the Pharisees and the scribes in mind, knowing they were there and knowing their hearts. Now it says the crowds were amazed. We're going to see a a different translation of the same Greek word later on today, but that's a word that means something like to be put out of place. Um, they 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 were driven over the edge. They didn't have words to express it. It was beyond what they could what they could say. They were totally astounded. They were overwhelmed by what they said. And so they started asking the question, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? Now, it's not a statement of certainty. There's a way to ask a question in Greek that assumes that you're, you're saying, I'm assuming this is true. This one, it's a legitimate question. And they're starting to say, is this man the Messiah? Son of David is one of many biblical titles for the Messiah, the one who would one day reign from the throne of David. Now, if you go back and look at Matthew's record of this miracle, in its context, you'll see that he has just made the point that Jesus is acting exactly like the Messiah is supposed to act. Earlier in Matthew 12, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 42, and he's saying that Jesus is demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit in the miracles. We know... We know that leading up to this, that Jesus has taught as one having authority, a big contrast to the scribes who always quoted each other. We saw that comment at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We've seen that He came gently and He, and he reaches out to hurting souls. He invites people to come to Him and find rest for their souls as opposed to the heavy burden of all the, the do's and don'ts of the legalism of the Pharisaical system. We've seen him shun the efforts to grab him and make him into a political leader of a revolt. Instead, he's majoring on the needs of human hearts. And so the ones who were starting to ask the question, can this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? They're the ones who were actually showing signs of beginning to understand. Now let's go over to Mark. And we're going to see how Mark picks up from that point. This miracle's already been done. This question is now being murmured among the crowds of the crowds of people. And you're going to see that Jesus' life and ministry and words demand a reaction. And you're going to see four reactions to what's going on here. In verse 20, number one, the crowds are going to say, amazing. In verse 21... His family is going to say, he's lost his senses. In verse 22, the scribes are going to come and say, he's satanic. And then you're going to get Jesus' own words, where he explains that he is the victor over Satan. 
So let's start with the reaction of the crowds. It's pretty straightforward. Keep in mind, just before this was the healing of a demon-possessed, blind, and mute man. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.